Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we tell us worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically reforming preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the modern the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. So excited. You're at The Bar where we are Biblical and Reformed. And I can't tell you how excited. I know I say it every week, but I am super, super excited to have this guest on. Um, you guys know here at the bar, y'all know my story, how I came out of the charismatic world and, and the journey that I that I was on. And and this young man uh, saw it firsthand. You know, a lot of times we hear stories, you know, from the outside looking in, assumptions and read articles. But uh, but this man actually saw it firsthand and I want to introduce him and I let him tell all about it once he get on here. But I want to introduce you guys. Costi Hen. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Dwayne. How you doing, brother? It's good to be on with you. Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm so thankful that uh, that you were willing to come on. Um, I heard you on another podcast, actually a good friend of mine uh, that that. You know, it's it's amazing the the journey from you know the whole charismatic word of faith into reformed theology, and then you know uh, other brothers that experience it. So this is another brother that experienced it, and he sent me this interview. He was like, "Dude, you got to listen to this," and I was just super super blessed. Reached out to you, and I just want to publicly thank you on the air, man, for uh, for for taking this opportunity to chop it up with us. Absolutely, man. I'm thankful to be on. I hadn't heard of your guys' podcast before, and uh, when you emailed me, you said. You know, we got a little a little something going on. You know, no big deal, nothing fancy. And so I checked it out and uh, happened to see that you guys are doing some some good work. You're being faithful to the Lord, and uh, it's neat to see the the Lord using your work. So I'm really thankful to be a part of it, and happy to know about the bar too. I've been listening to the other episodes. You guys are doing a great job. Hey man, I appreciate that, sir. I really do. I really do. So let's jump right in, man. First, uh, introduce yourself because just saying your name right now might not spark anything in anybody's mind. So introduce yourself and then we'll get into, you know, your story and, and, and why we're on the show. 
Right on. Uh, so my name is Kosti Hinn, and uh, sadly, my claim to fame is that uh, I'm the nephew of Benny <laughs> Hinn, but now my my claim to fame now is Christ. So, um, Amen. You know, that's that's I came out of that movement, and I grew up in that, worked in it, lived it, taught it, breathed it, uh, made money off it, and uh, so the Lord saved me out of it. And that's where I'm at today. I'm I'm younger, so I'm the nephew of, of Benny Hinn. My dad is Henry Hinn, and uh, I'm really just thankful for my salvation and happy to be standing up for truth and on what I call the good guy's side now. So, yeah. <laughs> I got you, man. So as far as uh, family, uh, wife, kids, anything, I think I heard you, you, you got married. I was part of your testimony. Yeah, I got a beautiful wife. Her name is Christine, and we got two children. Uh, my son is almost three years old. His name is Titus Jude, and my little daughter, she is nine months old, and her name is Grace Elizabeth, and they keep me busy. They keep me oh, man. sweaty. I'm always running around chasing <laughs> them, and uh, but they're a blessing from the Lord, and my wife is just, uh, a, she's my best friend. I love her with all my heart. Hey man, yeah, I have a three year old and a three month old and a ten year old and a sixteen year old. So yeah, I know about sweaty and all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. I'm, I'm pastoring yes, sir. at a church. Oh, I'm I'm uh yeah, I'm pastoring at a church now called Mission Bible Church in Tustin, California. And I'm the associate pastor there. I oversee adult ministries and uh get a chance to preach and teach once in a while mainly involved in small groups and uh really thankful for the the work that the lord's doing there as well so yeah i'm on a pastoral staff got a great family and just having fun serving the lord hey man that is awesome so let's uh let's talk about i guess uh, uh you know i i really enjoyed the the picture you painted on the other episode i, I don't know if you can duplicate it but i want you to <laughs> Talk about, you know, growing up uh, as as a hen and 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 get into some of the the dynamics uh, and your involvement and then what started to turn you or what what things brought to your attention to 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 send you towards sound doctrine. I'll say it like that. Absolutely. I'll go through it all. And then Dwayne, just stop me, interject and ask any questions or for clarification okay. at all. Don't just interrupt me. So. I grew up up in Canada, Word of Faith, Prosperity Gospel, all the good stuff. And my family, incredibly loving, affectionate, they're affirming, wonderful people as far as, you know, if you leave the theology out of it, they're really, really sweet. They'll they'll feed you like a king, right. welcome you into their home. I mean, great people. And uh, my Uncle Benny, who is globally recognized, we traveled with him a lot growing up. He was always really kind to us as well. My dad was a pastor of the local church up in Canada in Vancouver where I was growing up. And I would describe our life as traveling globally, enjoying the benefits of the prosperity gospel. And then we enjoyed the local church up in Canada. So we were healthy. Mm. We were wealthy. Everything that we taught, we were living. <laughs> and so, right. you know, what could go wrong? And so I, I, we, we got attacked sometimes when I was really young. And when I was young like that, and people did attack us and the news would report things, we were taught at a very young age that this was demonic opposition, that mm, judgment mm -hmm. was going to fall on these people for attacking us. They were touching the Lord's anointed. We were the elite. We were the who's who. 
and God was using us and they were all just haters. They were people trying to bring us down and it was just demonic opposition. So that was when I was really young. By the time I got to high school, my eyes started to open up a little bit, but I was really defensive. I had kids bully me and poke fun at me, my uncle, my father. Uh, The school I went to after I got expelled from my Pentecostal private school, that's another story for another time. Uh, I, I went to a Christian reform school. It was the next best option. And we didn't have to wear uniforms. My parents thought, great, you know, we'll, we'll put them in that school. And I get there and we were rolling up to school every day in a Benz. My dad drove a 300 uh, Mercedes. Then he had, we had a, a second Benz, which was actually, you know, my first car, ironically. And so I had a 300E <laughs> Mercedes. And uh, that was kind of the the way that we rolled. And to be honest, we were just asking for it. I was asking to be bullied, basically. Your, your, dad's, a, <laughs> your dad's a pastor. And your school is a reform school. And so kids would call my uncle a false teacher. They'd come at me Mm -hmm. and I would, my one defense was, you know, at least I don't go to a dead church like you because they were Lutherans (laughs) or Baptists or Presbyterians reformed. And so us, they were dead. And, you know, at least we have the power of God and the blessings Mm -hmm. like the Mercedes Benz we would drive or the monster mansion we lived in. I mean, that was all just blessings and favor and affirmation that we were teaching the truth and everybody else was Mm -hmm. wrong. So Mm. after, after that though, I got some questions going in my teenage years, nothing major yet, but mostly just why do my friends not want to come to my church? If we're supposedly super anointed, um, why are we always speaking in tongues? Like we constantly just tongues. My dad would tell the church or my uncle, you know, yell at them. People, Lift up your voice, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the mm-hmm, Spirit. Mm-hmm. So everyone would babble in tongues, and my friends would think it's weird. And then some of my friends who knew the Bible would say, Isn't there supposed to be interpretation? And I would say, Oh, don't mm. put God in the box and all that stuff. <laughs> and, right. And then some of the more serious questions I had was we heal in these services. We had Sunday night healing service the first Sunday night of every month mm-hmm. growing up. We went with my uncle to the Crusades around the world. We traveled as young children, but we never healed anybody anywhere else. My mm. I had friends with parents that got sick and teachers that had illnesses. I mean, all this stuff around us. Why wouldn't we just heal them if we had gifts that of healing right. and we could wield them? So I idolized my father, though, and my uncle, and I'd never questioned too heavily if I did, I'd be corrected and told, don't put God in a box. You can't control the Holy Spirit. Um, God works through anointed men. You know, that's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I, I put all my questions aside and I just, I just moved on at the end of the day thinking, oh, well, you know, I guess, you know, we really are the elite and it just is what it is. So as high school starts to wrap up, I'm thinking one thing. I want to play baseball in college. Even though I was Canadian, mm-hmm. I played baseball a lot. I wanted to play in college. I was fairly decent. And so I was born in Florida. So moving to the U.S. was really easy. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm out of here. I'm going to go live mm-hmm. the dream, go to college, play baseball. But in order to ensure that God would bless me and open up the doors for baseball, my thinking was I'm going to put God first and I'm going to sow a seed. And so I sacrificed mm. my first year of college eligibility to go work for uncle Benny. 
And oh, wow. I'm thinking, serve an anointed man of God. Like, remember mm-hmm. Elisha? When he's serving Elijah, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. he gets a double the man the mantle falls yep. on him, and he gets a double portion. Mantle, that's right. That, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, all right, I'll serve Uncle Benny, and right. Never mind the the context or accurate interpretation of any of that. I just figure no, 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 the no, anointing no. will fall on my life. <laughs> I'm going to give mm-hmm. him a favor, and you know, blessings will flow, and the doors will open, and I'll play baseball and end up in the big leagues and be really, really rich. I'll be okay. And so, mm-hmm. you know, very common thinking. And off I go to work for Uncle Benny. Well, I'm traveling the world. I worked for him for over a year. He's kind, generous. He always favored me. Um, I definitely was his favorite nephew. He loves all our, all the my net, my cousins, and all of us the same. Really, in general, I'm sure he'd say that. But mm-hmm. he treated me so well. He was so kind to me, treated me like his own child. Right. And um, so I mean that in that sense. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed the finest restaurant. We ate the best food. We were traveling on his airplane. We had, at one point he had a G3 and then he upgraded and went G4, G5. And Woo. I had, I'm telling you, I sitting on his plane, eating, you know, lasagna, flying over the Atlantic, thinking it's ministry was, <laughs> I mean, I was so confused, but it was so nice. I enjoyed it. Who wouldn't? <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, we're rolling into in Dubai. We we stayed at the Burj Al Arab, that giant hotel that's uh, shaped like mm-hmm. a sail. You see it on all those shows. And right. you know, we're in the royal we're in the royal suite. There's gold everywhere. It's like we're Solomon, oh. and we're at, we're in we're in his palace. And mm-hmm. so, live in large, best hotels. All of it is supposedly God's blessing. And by the time I finished working for my uncle. I was living like a complete unregenerate. I was partying. I was out. I was living in a moral mm-hmm. life and at the same time entitled. Now I'm not blaming my uncle, my father, or anybody right, right. for my sin. I was a sinner. Right. And right. yet the theology trained my mind to be entitled, elitist. Mm. I do what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm called of God. I'm blessed of God. I've got his anointing and his favor. Yeah, I make mistakes. Oh, sure, I'm a little bit immoral, but... His grace covers. I repent. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'll try not to do it again. And then, you know, you go do ministry and see 2 million people in India show up at my uncle's mm-hmm. crusade. And pretty soon you think you're something you're not. So a lot of the mm-hmm. rules go out the window and you think you're above God's law, if you will. So I get to the point where I'm done with Uncle Benny. I worked with him, worked for him. Everything was fine. And I was benefiting big time from the prosperity gospel. I'm driving an H2, a big black Hummer. And mm. I got the chrome package on it. I'm on 22s. There's TVs in it. I'm just. I always I'm wanted that truck. Pros- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm a spoiled prosperity brat. And I get to Dallas Baptist University, which is where I went to play baseball. It's a small D1 in Texas. And they're really kind to me. My coach starts a Bible study there. And, you know, I'm wrestling with sin and entitlement and feeling better than other people. Remember, these are Baptists, so I still think they're kind of dead and don't have the spirit like I do. And uh, one day, my coach before a game looks at us, and there's scouts in the stands, and everyone was a little bit nervous. And he says, guys, relax. Don't worry about the scouts. Play the game for the glory of God and have fun. 
And then he quotes Proverbs 21.1. He goes, the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. And he looks us Mm -hmm. in the eyes and goes, guys, God controls kings. He controls the scouts. And he says these words. I'll never forget it as long as I live. God is sovereign. And I've never really heard the term before. In my mind, God worked for me. God had favor on Mm -hmm. me. I spoke things Mm -hmm. by faith, and God did. He was like my magic genie. If I rub him right, I get what I want. Mm -hmm. And I was immensely confused by my coach's statement, but the impact, obviously I'm even telling you still today about it, the impact was so deep and disturbing that it stuck with me. So Mm -hmm. I dismiss it for a time. I graduate, and I meet this beautiful girl, now my wife, and my life changed forever. She was a new convert, mm-hmm. opposite background, had nothing to do with the prosperity gospel or word of faith theology, but one major gaping hole in her acceptability to my family, when I tell them I'm meeting, you know, I met this nice gal, I want to introduce them. They say, Costi, mm-hmm. wonderful. Is she spirit filled? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, does she speak in tongues? Is she spirit filled? Mm-hmm. I said, yes, mm-hmm. she's spirit filled because we all get the Holy Spirit at conversion <laughs> because I'd mm-hmm. gone to Baptist mm-hmm. school. I knew what I was talking about. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about. Does she speak in tongues? Is she baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, oh, come on now. So that <laughs> starts a whole nother journey, Dwayne. And so, we're like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna break you in. I'm breaking in right here. Just real yeah. quick. Um, is that, that, that part is, uh, you know, I, I came from originally a Baptist background and I met my wife on MySpace and literally like moved to Greenville and she was going to the, you know, big church in this area. And, the lady she was serving under, the children's pastor, whatever, her very first question for me when my wife introduces was, are you uh, filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Blah, blah, blah. And, right. and at the time, yeah, I was like, uh, no, you know, like I was, all, I was, it's amazing that 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 is the requirement. You know what I mean? Like you can't right. come in here unless you speak in tongues, you know? So that I just had to throw that out there, man. Cause that that the same thing with your wife. That's that's amazing, man. That's amazing. But go ahead, keep going. No, yeah, you're right. It's a rite of passage. So, right. My family, my family's, you know, pretty concerned, and I really just I want her accepted. I want everyone to be happy. My dad and I are super close. We were. I mean, there's obviously been some strain now in the relationship. There's some limitations and boundaries now, but. Back then, I mean, we were like mafia-style ministry. We rolled deep together. Blood, <laughs> right. blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than doctrine. Nothing comes between us. We don't talk about family. We were, I mean, you're in, you're in. It's like, it's the hen family. So, you know, if I'm going to marry a gal like that, we got to fix her up. That kind of was the thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we tried so hard, Dwayne, to change her. Um, I was kind of <laughs> caught in the middle we get her right. to go to my uncle Benny's Good Friday service. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is back, I think, in this would be 2010. She goes mm-hmm. and she tries. You know, she put her little hands in the air and she's trying to, like, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. enter into God's presence. And there are people laying hands on her and she's trying so hard. And everyone's, mm-hmm. oh, is this Costi's new friend and all that stuff and trying to help right. her out. And 
you know, then she moves to Canada to join the church mm. that I grew up in. I'm up there ministering with my dad at this point, and we go to a youth conference. And I, I don't always tell all these details, but I'll tell them here if that's okay with you, because it brings a little oh, more context. Oh, that's fine, man. It's welcome at the bar, We're, brother. <laughs> all right. I'm I'm the speaker at this conference, and I finish the final session. And before I do, the woman, it was a woman and a man. They were co-pastors. The woman pastor comes up to me, and she says, Costi, for this session, I want you to end it, you know, good. Like, get them baptized <laughs> in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going, oh, right, no. Right, right. Because I don't <laughs> understand everything yet. I've got some weird right. feelings about our theology from the past, but I still don't know if I'm on board. I'm, I, it's not like I knew where to go in the Bible and just jump around to suddenly become a mm-hmm. Calvinist or Reformed and all that stuff. It, I didn't. I ne- right. still didn't know what Tulip was. No idea mm-hmm. about where to even start. So I say okay, and at the end of the conference, I don't do it the way she wants when she she invites you know, all the kids up the kids all these youths are yeah. up there and i she says i want you to lay hands on them so i start i put my hands on their shoulders i wasn't going to touch their heads no way i was going to do it my <laughs> right 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 <laughs> i put my hands on their shoulders and i'm praying and she's holding the microphone this lady pastor for me um is holding the mic and so my whole prayer is on public display and she's thinking mm-hmm. you know give them tongues costy not realizing mm-hmm. i don't really agree with any of this so I start praying real like nice general prayers. I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit, fill this young right, man, right. give him wisdom and direction, use him for your glory. I'm like just general right, prayers. Right. And I'm like, fill uh-huh. him with your spirit, Lord. And I move on to the next one. <laughs> so <laughs> after about after about 10 of those, she grabs the mic. I move off to the side. I'm standing next to my uh-huh. wife and she starts yelling at the kids. Lift up your voice. Pick a vowel. <laughs> Say what comes to mind, Papa Shabadadapa, and all that stuff. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I look down to my left. My I'm about six two. My wife is five two. So I look down to my mm-hmm. left, and there's my little wife, and she's got her little hands in the air, and her little chin is moving. She's doing this little ba 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 ba, trying so yeah, hard yeah, to yeah. speak in tongues, Dwayne. Right. Right. And then so there's that story and obviously you know looking back i'm like oh man i got booted by a woman pastor i didn't do a good enough job um <laughs> uh, you know again well, maybe another talk for another time if we're talking complementarianism and all that but right uh, right right <laughs> so that was the second thing we go to another service this time my family one of my family members i, I want to put everyone on blast so i'll just kind of leave that that name out there but a family member oh yeah you could- uh is laying hands on her and he's, he's going to impart the anointing to her and she's going to get it and all that stuff. We're standing up there and my wife and her cute little heels and her little cute outfit. She's at church, you know, like she's 21 at the time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just doing her best. And she just tips over on her little heels. She had her little hands up and she's all, you know, I'm surrendering to God. Okay. I think I'm going to get this thing now. And she falls. And I start tearing up. I'd never seen her fall before. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, maybe she's getting it now. Maybe this is going to make everybody happy and we can all just get along right. and move on. And I didn't realize it at the time, but she was under immense stress. She honestly felt either forced, manipulated, or that it was demonic. All these experiences mm. were 
just right. too much. I mean, you got rampant tongues. You got my uncle, this other service where she's, where she's kind of made to fall. And all of it to her wasn't right. She was a convert at the mm-hmm. time, but again, no one had helped her and discipled her really farther than, you know, the gospel and maybe the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know chapter and verse, but her Christian conviction, her discernment, she definitely had the Holy Spirit was saying something's not right. It's not like she was hearing God audibly in her, but in her mind, she's saying this isn't right. This isn't right. And conviction was like a, a red flag inside of her heart. So right. she comes to me one day and goes, Costi, honey, I was looking at first Corinthians 12. And I saw there at the end, Paul said something like, all don't speak in tongues. Well, you know, looking back, it's verse 30 of 1 Corinthians 12. And she says to me these right. words, Dwayne, she goes, I think I'm off the hook. And <laughs> I started start laughing. And I'm right. going, all right. So that shakes me up. And if you jump from God's sovereignty in college to, hey, I think I'm off the hook for this rampant tongues thing and all the other things that I'm being told to do. Those are major pinnacles in my, my conversion story. Um, And I realized there probably is more things we're doing wrong. I stopped speaking in tongues at that point. I get really Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with a lot of things and the theological differences start to strain my family's relationship and I, and so Mm -hmm. I'll kind of cut to the chase here as far as what happened that converted me. Uh, I talked to a friend from California. He says, man, how's it going up there? I said, terrible. Absolutely terrible. I don't want to be here. The church isn't going the direction. I mean, I'm trying to take it a certain direction, but my dad is still doing all the other stuff. Um, you know, my 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 wife, my now wife is, you know, to be wife to be is, is being treated terribly. We're being manipulated. There's spiritual abuse. I'm just going, man, this is like, it's it just not adding up. And I love my family, but it wasn't right. And so I had never read Matthew 10 there, you know, verse, I think, 34, 35, 36 and onward, where Jesus is talking about how he will divide. He came to bring a sword, not peace, that mothers and mother, mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws and fathers and sons will be divided over him. And so I wasn't really sure what was going on. And my buddy just says to me, you know, man, I think it's time for you to stop trying to be your dad's hero and stop trying to help save his church and start being your your wife's hero. She's your first ministry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it hit me between the eyes, Dwayne, that that would be mm-hmm. you know, that she was number one. I was always taught and I always thought ministry's number one and everything follows that. But come to find out biblically, my wife is number one. The church can... right can even be, be, be left completely. If marriage is falling apart, some other pastor will do it. God will call somebody else to that, but we are called as men first to our wives, our marriages, and then our, our children. And so I get rocked by that. A week later, that church calls me, offers me a job as the youth pastor, and pretty soon I find myself preaching out of John 5 as part of a series that we were in. And uh, oh, wow. I, I had to yeah, I, the hen kid had to preach on healing. It was the pool of Bethesda. Um, <laughs> and I was in some trouble, man. <laughs> oh, man. I know that one kind of put you in a squeeze. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was getting ready to preach the sermon. And my pastor says to me, you know, hey, this might help. And he it, he literally tossed it. He was two feet away. 
he tosses mm-hmm. a John MacArthur commentary on my desk and goes, mm-hmm. this will help. It will keep the train on the tracks. So I'll get right to it. I'm studying for the sermon. And shortly into my study, I come into the commentary. I come to this line where MacArthur writes, you know, unlike many alleged modern healings, he's kind of going off like in the MacArthur-esque rant. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting fired mm-hmm. up. You can tell he's you know, in the commentary. And he says something like, you know, all of Jesus's healings were, were complete. They were instant. And, you, you know, you didn't, have enough, you didn't have to have enough faith to get healed. And then he says something really, really clear. I think a little bit further down in the commentary. I remember I highlighted in the commentary. I see it in my mind. It was just, it's seared in my mind. He says one of the cruelest lies of contemporary faith healers today is that, you know, if, if you just have enough faith, you'll be healed. Or if you're, if, you know, they, they blame people who don't get healed for unbelief or a lack of faith, mm-hmm. or if you, you know, if you have a negative confession, you're not going to get healed. He calls all of those cruel lies and then mm. explains the man at Bethesda didn't even know who Jesus was and was actually an example of God's sovereignty in healing. He writes there, wow. Jesus healing in a sovereign way. And bro, that hit me between the eyes so hard. And everything came back from when Coach Hefner had yep. said, relax, guys, God is sovereign. He controls everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I began to weep at my desk. And there were three things that stuck out. And I actually, I wrote them down right in front of me so that when we did this interview, I would, I would be able to articulate mm-hmm. these clearly. There were three things. I'll never forget it. I even have them in my notes from back then. Um, number one, that Jesus healed this one man out of a multitude. And sometimes he healed all and sometimes he didn't, but it was up to him for his purpose and right. glory. So I thought we were lying to people when we told them it's always God's will to heal on earth. Mm. And that was hard to face. I thought, man, we were, we were lying. And then number two, Jesus healed instantly. And then I thought mm-hmm. we're, we're lying when we were telling people that healing was a process and just go on confessing your healing. You, it'll come to pass when they weren't healed. We would tell them that after a service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just thought, uh oh. And then number three, <laughs> faith is not a prerequisite for healing. God is sovereign. Sometimes he healed because he chose to for his glory. Sometimes Jesus was moved with compassion. Other times Jesus did see people pressing in and having faith. And remember remember the the four guys on the roof are lowering their buddy down. Right. You got the woman with mm-hmm. the issue of blood crawling through the crowd. Jesus saw people's passion and drive, but Notice what he always saw in those passages is he saw them believing in him. It was Mm -hmm. not, oh, I have enough faith for my healing. It was, I believe that Jesus can. I believe in Jesus. I believe who Jesus is as the Messiah. Therefore, I'm going to go to him with what I have and what I need him to do, and I'm going to trust him. It was, and in all of those too, he he would tell people, your sins are forgiven and healing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So salvation was a huge part of that. But at the end of it all, Jesus decides. He heals. And we were lying when we were telling people, if you just have enough faith for your healing, God will right. heal you. Uh, and that, those wow. were dangerous, dangerous things. So I repented right there. I confessed mm-hmm. my sin, my immorality. I had lived a double life previously. I had taken advantage mm-hmm. of other people. I was manipulative. I had had false beliefs. I turned from it. 
I commit to rigorous study. Um, I'm committed. I committed to serving God's flock. I just wanted to love his people and serve his people. I was done with the other stuff and I would stand up for truth no matter what the cost. And I just didn't care anymore. So that, right. that was, that was my conversion moment. And, you know, I guess as they say, the rest is history, but man, I've been living <laughs> in the truth of the word ever since. And I'm so thankful that God chose to save me. Right. Yeah. That's that brother i love it like i've heard all this before but it's still good and i hope my my listeners appreciate this uh we're gonna take a quick break right here and then uh we'll come back just one second right after this break hi it's countless batman have you heard of my podcast i invite a different guest on each week some who are well known and others who have secret identities of their own each show, we talk about theology, current events, and have some fun, mostly at my guest's expense. So listen to Calvinist Batman and Friends, available on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. It's the podcast you need and the one you deserve, because I'm Batman. All right, everybody, it's your boy Dwayne right here, and uh, we got my brother Kosti Hen just laid down a fire testimony man uh and Kosi, man this is you know you was talking and and i i you told me to interrupt but i, I could not because it's just a really captivating just experience and story but there's a few things that that kind of popped in my head and and i i, I did uh you know i i put them put a little pin in them but uh, one thing i wanted to say one of these things where you know a lot of you know especially in the african-american community um especially in, you know, the the poverty side, you know, this prosperity gospel is, is like, like heavy, you know, cause it, it gives this hope. But, but what really stood out that I didn't catch the first time I listened to you talk about this was you experience the prosperity, like you experience having the things and it still wasn't enough. See these people that are, that are broke right now, striving for the things, striving for those things, thinking that that's the answer, you know, I think that says a lot. Like, you know, it's one thing to not have, and you know, God's going to bless me. He's going to heal me. He's going to do this, but you had it. I mean, G five, G four, G three, you know what I'm saying? Airplanes and, 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 uh, uh, H two. I love that truck, man. I always wanted, you know, like, 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 like you experienced that man. And, and, and it, it, it wasn't just in like it still was something missing like it, you know, and, and I, I hope my listeners, you know, those that may be, you know, dealing with or in the, 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 the movement or or in a transition. I hope you catch that, you know, uh, Kelsey, he was there, man. He was there, you know. So with all those things and with all that going on, did you have that sense of there was more, you know what I mean? Or or, you know, because of the double life, you know, something needed to change. Was that ever in your mind? Yeah, I would be, I would be coming, you know, I'd be in college and I'd, I'd be coming out of a club and, you know, I, nobody knew we would just pull up in the Hummer and everyone would think, you know, we were some rich, famous business guys or whatever. We were college kids. I'd be hanging out with all my buddies and we'd be Mm -hmm. coming out of clubs or we'd be going places in Dallas and I would get home at night. And when I would lay my head on the pillow, I would pray. And I, I don't, half the time, I don't even know if I was in my right mind. I would just look at the ceiling <laughs> and I would say to God, 
I know, I know, I know. Mm. I know that I'm, I'm all, I know I'm sinning. I know that's not right. I just, I'm sorry, Lord. I'll figure it out eventually. (laughs) I just, I don't know. And I was so, I was ashamed privately, secretly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. have this image to uphold, and also, right. it, you're you're absolutely right. I I'll tell you again. Growing up, we had a ten thousand square foot home, and you mm. can have the biggest house. And I was the only boy in my home, so my room was the biggest room in a Middle Eastern home. Boys are favored, so you know mm-hmm. I got the biggest room. I got stand shower, jacuzzi tub, gold fixtures everywhere. I'm not lying to you. And wow. I'm, living i'm I'm sleeping in a in a cow king bed as a as a kid like i'm i have it all and it was useless it was it was right all the passion for that here here's why if somebody is one of god's sheep they're going to have a lot of passion but if the passion isn't driven towards god's purpose and his glory and it goes unchecked they're going to end up a lot of dangerous places they're going to put it towards money they'll put the passion towards business success whatever mm-hmm. they need to do. And what I think continues to happen in the lives of people who are believers and become believers is you, you start to realize you're built and designed with all the passion because God wants you to drive the passion towards his glory and his purpose and his kingdom and mm-hmm. his empire and not your own, not building your own thing, but mm-hmm. building God's thing. And that's really hard because right. it, it crushes your pride. And pretty soon, you know, you have to come to a place where God strips all that away. That's what he did for me. And I remember it was hard. Don't laugh at this, but it was hard for me when I first got married and left all that stuff. The Hummer was gone and I, I was kind of going through a, a pride entitlement issue when I had to drive a brand new Chrysler 200. Uh, mm, that I'm was, not going to laugh. That was tough. <laughs> yeah, don't laugh, but you can laugh. Uh, I had my friends were shocked. They're like, Hey, what are you driving these days? And I was like, Chrysler 200. They're like, man, they were making fun of me. They're like, Oh, you can't, you couldn't get a 300. It's like one more number. You couldn't get the 300. (laughs) And I was going, Oh, stop. Dead buddy laughing and teasing. And there were changes happening. And then eventually my wife and I, we just drove one car. We had a little Kia soul, like the cheapest car on the U S market at the time. And Mm -hmm. we drove that and the Lord stripped all that away. And I had to learn, share a car with my wife and not care. And then now I, you know, I'm, it's just cause we're a young family. It's all that I could afford at the time, but I got into a 2006 Suzuki Reno, a little orange car and I'm going to drive that until mm-hmm. it breaks and then, you know, buy something else. But at the end of the day, none of that really matters. I don't care what someone thinks about my car or my exactly. place. There's nothing with owning a home or being successful pastors don't have to take a vow of poverty and have nothing. Right. But right. we're, we're not in it for that. That's not the mm-hmm. goal. And it's not the mark of God's blessing to have stuff. That's yes. just, if Dwayne, if you write a book and it sells a million copies, you're going to have some money in the bank from selling the book. That doesn't mean anything. If, if it's false teaching or it doesn't mean, even if it is really accurate, great, but you're Mm -hmm. still blessed to be a blessing. And that's God's Mm -hmm. truth that went out. And then you have a responsibility to be a good steward. Uh, Mm -hmm. Remember Paul telling Timothy there at the end of first Timothy, he says, instruct the rich to be basically to be rich in good works. 
and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. focus on the right priorities. So it's not about money and, and having stuff. There's nothing wrong with having stuff as long as stuff doesn't have you. So right. Exactly. That's exactly. I had to yeah. learn. I had to learn. That, and that was hard. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's the biggest draw is, you know, thinking stuff equates God's blessing, you know. Um, and, and when I first started, you know, making my transition, you know, that was one of the things that I, I started posting about, you know, like on Facebook. Cause that's, that, that was my platform before all this radio stuff. And I got so much, you know, pushback, you know, like, you know, God, you can't have the stuff if God's hand is not on it and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, okay, but I don't think it equates that. I said, cause I don't think Bill Gates is saved. I don't think, you know, I started dropping, right. you know people that have all the stuff, but you know, with no life, you know, you can't, that's why you can't limit that to, to God's blessing. So that's dope, man. That's dope. Um, I want to, want to break down, uh, and, and, and as we get ready to exit out, man, cause uh, you've been listening to the bar. So, you know, we don't run too long. I don't like two hour shows cause I don't think you can hold people attention that long, you know? So, yeah, uh, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to work our way out, man, and ask you, uh, a couple of the fun questions, quote unquote, from the bar, man, uh, just to lighten it up, man. We appreciate your testimony. You're bearing your heart. Uh, and, and like I told you over the phone, man, I love, uh, the perspective you bring to the, to your story. You know, it's not a, a bash. It's not a, you know, uh, expose, you know, cause like you still got love for all of them. And, and that's, that, I love that because that's more realistic because that's, that's, that's where I am. You know, I got a lot of family still there, a lot of friends and, and I still love them and, and still, you know, pray for them and, and hope that, you know, God will show them. But, uh, but digressing from that, uh, my fun question for you is Costi, what kind of music do you listen to? If we were to plug your phone in and hit, shuffle what we hear right now on the podcast <laughs> good question uh i listen to a lot of contemporary hymns so full disclosure nice. i listen to some old stuff but i i'm young i'm 32 so i need a little bit of something that sounds like my generation <laughs> as long as there's tr- as long as it's truth so right yeah if you were to if you were to plug in my ipod you'd hear um some of the stuff we do at our church that's there it's old hymns with with contemporary sound and uh i like that for sure gotcha dope so you mean like hymns with drums pretty much <laughs> uh yeah you want to add a few more things to that hymns with drums hymns with uh a bass guitar hymns with a right, couple right, of other right. guitars hymns, <laughs> hymns with right. female vocals yeah. and male vocals and yeah. and uh there you go yeah, we got we've got some good worship at our church that's all theologically accurate in the lyrics, but good. if you come in and your and your tie is too tight, you might struggle with our with our with how loud we are. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. That's good. I meant to you know, I meant to say whenever you was talking about your experience, uh when you was preaching and the lady wanted you to to give the kids the Holy Spirit, you know, all you had to do was break out Hallelujah, man. That's 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 just a joke, man. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And tell the and tell the choir to join hands and yell fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's all. You, you just you know remember that. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> yep. So, uh, what uh, podcasts or sermons do you listen to uh, outside of your ministry? If you listen to any, absolutely, yeah. I love to listen to I listen to John MacArthur on the radio every morning out here. 
because uh, we're in Southern California. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I like listening to, I don't know if you've heard of Paul Washer. Um, oh, yeah. Come on, man. He, he's he's <laughs> a fiery guy. That's what I like about Washer. I, I don't, you know, I've never met him, but he's just fiery. He's passionate. And he just yeah. says it like it is. Mm-hmm. So. I think if he lands the plane really well, he'll he'll stand before the Lord one day and and be able to say, you know, I I didn't mince words or hold back. I really appreciate that about his ministry. Um, another mm-hmm. one that I've come to enjoy uh, is Steve Lawson, and the reason for that oh, yeah. is he's just re- he's really clear, and mm-hmm. I think he's a real passionate preacher. But uh, all the character, and then I've enjoyed. Out, guys like Al Mohler, they're more in the academic world and, and the apologetic mm-hmm, world. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily pastoring in pulpits every Sunday, but I enjoy them a lot. And then uh, I, I'm i not saying this just to score brownie points. I actually don't score brownie points for doing this anyway. Uh, but my pastor, <laughs> our teaching pastor here, his name is Tony Wood. He's right. He's fiery, man. Like he, mm-hmm. he's fiery. And he believes that if you're, you got to be passionate in your preaching. You can't put people to sleep. Even if you got all mm-hmm. the doctrine and all the great information and you've laid it out and you've got your outlines and all the, all the stuff that's key right. for knowledge and information. But if you don't have passion and it doesn't look like you've been transformed by what you're teaching and you sat in your office all week with your big bookshelves, I'm, nobody's going to be <laughs> moved by that. So right, I, right. I just, okay. I really respect, if you watch our sermons or listen to them on our website ever, he gets after it. And I know him personally. He's my brother in the Lord. I see the study and the effort. I also see him living it. And so no doubt mm-hmm. the Lord's using him and, and the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. Obviously just through wow. God's word. But um yeah, I love that guy. Dope, dope. Yeah, that yeah, there are no brownie points, because uh, you're supposed to say that. So uh <laughs> he'll, get, he'll get mad at me. He'll get mad at me for naming his name anyway. He doesn't like attention, so <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. And uh, Paul Washer, man, I, I had the privilege of meeting him uh, at G3 uh, this year. Um, cool. And uh, Steve Lawson, uh, we had him on the show, uh, which is a blessing. Uh, so definitely Al Moeller. That's that's part of my daily, man. The briefing. Oh, man, I, yeah, I got to have yep. the brief. That, yeah, that's my news, man. I don't watch the news. Like if Al Moeller did weather, man, I'll be good. Like, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We should get him up there on a green screen, giving us right, the weather and reset. Right. Reset, man. I, I, I don't. That's that's my dude, man. But Costi, bro, I really enjoyed talking to you, man. Uh, I, I feel like I've 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 uh, found another brother uh, in in the Lord, man. And and I, I'm thankful for you and, and and what you've done, and and uh, just being willing to 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 speak about these things and 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 put some clarity out there and and bring balance man i i really appreciate that so much so i'm gonna give you the floor man to uh shout out whoever you want to shout out uh thank whoever you want to thank promote whatever you want to promote i know you've done some blogs and things like that um just whatever you shout promote just uh email me the link so i can make sure i put them in the show notes but i'm gonna give you the floor right here to do that Thanks, Dwayne. Yeah, I'm a pastor first at a church, so I you can write blogs to the world, and that's great. But if you're not building, being a part of the local church as the Lord built, then I don't, you know you're just uh, kind of out there in in the space doing nothing. So I Mission Bible Church is home for me. That is number one as far as you know local church ministry. 
And uh, so missionbible.org is the website there. And then we blog and do all that at equipthesaint.com. That's our, our blog platform, our local radio platform as well. So missionbible.org and then equipthesaint.com. And then I'm on Twitter if people care about Twitter anymore. It's uh, Costi W. Hin is my handle. Um, always happy to connect with people there and talk further. I don't have a ministry per se that's named. I don't have Costi Hin Ministries or anything like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just a local pastor. So uh, if people need to right. reach me, call the church or shoot me an email. My email's on on the church website. And uh, thankful, man. Just thankful to be a part of what God is doing in the body of Christ and happy to serve any way I can. Amen, brother. Amen. Yes, sir. So, uh, man, really good episode. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely think we need a part two, Kasi. Maybe not, you know, in the next week or so, but I think later on this year, we need a yeah. we need a part two. Get you back on, make you repeat guest, man, and um and just uh, chop it up some more because I really thoroughly enjoyed it, man. So, uh, me, you guys, make sure you happy to do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You guys, make sure you check out The Bar at www.thebarpodcast.com. Check out our new website. It's up. It's pretty. It's beautiful. My wife did an awesome job. Shout out to her for that. Um, and you can find everything about The Bar on the website, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, iTunes, Google Google Play. Uh, all of those options are there on the website. Um, make sure you sign up for the email list so you can get all of the 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 goodies that we got going on we have a giveaway uh that we'll be doing that uh give you this what i call the bar package with a bar t-shirt a bar hat bar socks bar uh cup we're gonna put bar on everything bar decals for your car so make sure you guys uh sign up for the email list that is your way to enter to win the big bar package uh costy man thank you again for your time and uh grace and peace y'all we out of here What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there